Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I am joined by three members of my firefighting family. I have Scott. Hey. <laughs> I have Todd. Hello. And I have Ash. Hello. You're like a waiter. You wait until I take a sip of something. <laughs> <in the afternoon. laughs> it's perfect timing. How is everything? How is everything? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about uh, our recent grass fire and some little bits and pieces that we uh, thought of after the call and uh but first it's father's day boys yeah happy father's day every year every year yeah everybody here got to (laughs) (laughs) i hope everybody had a fun one and got up to some good stuff enjoyed some time with the family i know i did yeah we did yeah look at that (laughs) smoked a brisket (laughs) sweet (laughs) did you end up going back up to the parkour stuff not today. No, I went yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's a uh, pretty good workout. Pretty hardcore. intense. Yeah. Before or after the brisket? No, no. I, yeah. I went yesterday. That was actually just before the grass fire, which was way worse. <laughs> yeah, doing like two hours of parkour and then <laughs> trying to fight a grass fire. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty exhausting. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's just move straight on to it. Uh, let's get into it. So, grass fire. Ash, we'll start us off. What happened yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, yeah, so we had a... Uh, um, well, first I'll say we had a structure fire yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was nothing. We did. Scott and I were out of town separately. And we got... I'm I'm responding. I look at my phone. Son of a bitch, structure fire, and I'm not home, right? <laughs> so I type on a group chat. I'm like, ah... Starts like, what? Ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly following, we learned it was a uh, uh, chief happened to be driving by and saw some smoke or whatever and like next to a home. So he oh, stopped. Really? Was yeah. no, it, was, it was on fire. It was, it was on fire. fire. Okay, well, you were there. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. It was a log, log home. So they, they had a cigarette bucket outside oh, wow. too close to a, a mm. log home. So obviously, what happens? The tin gets set on, set on fire because they haven't put their cigarette out. It's against the side of a wood structure, and all of a sudden, there you got problems. Mm-hmm. So, but they caught it. Mm-hmm. Did they, they, did they catch it? The chief, yeah, the chief, chief did it. He grabbed the grabbed the hose, I think, and then put it out. Wow, yeah. So how, how's that for timing? Right? <laughs> yeah. Just the fire chief driving by. Yeah. Hey, your ice is on fire. Great for the whole <laughs> Terrible for the first arriving unit. <laughs> but uh, so that that is what we missed. Well, some of us missed. Um, and then uh, so we're like, oh man, we're gonna miss all the good stuff. Nope. We got told uh, out for a uh, grass fire just uh, north of our town. Um, it was uh, kind of by. Um, like a vineyard and an industrial ready mix. So uh, south of it, there was a, a pretty good fire break. But uh, north of it, it was all oh, it not ran. wild. It ran for a while. It, it definitely could have ran. Until it hit the last fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> Basically, so. it ran into the last fire. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff in between there. Yeah. So we uh, 
we threw everything out of it. Like we're, I was talking about this uh, with uh, my father-in-law today, and structure guys fighting wildland fire is way different than wildland firefighters fighting wildland fire. Yeah, uh, we're very very aggressive. We we want to get out, get you know, get after it immediately, um, and it it works. But man, we we bust ass hard early. Um, in probably a different manner than what uh, a wildland team would have, you know, deployed out. Not that one's better or worse, especially being on an engine. This is probably for us the best that we that we have available for it. But uh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. I wasn't uh, down quickly because it's the weekend, so I'm at home. Uh, so I arrived a little bit later and had some issues of uh, our own on our truck. But uh, Scott was there early so why don't you tell us what you saw when you first got there yeah so, i mean we were talking about how comms are always comms on a structure fire are totally different than comms in a grass fire correct so comms in a grass comms in a structure fire are usually pretty hey go to the you know off side or go to the front of the house whatever you want to say mm-hmm. um you know watch for power lines you know is anyone trapped it's yeah. kind of this standard thing everyone's kind of just you run through that line that those are a few lines you know, call police, call ambulance, that sort of stuff. Um, and then we know, like we keep saying, it's in a box. So most structure fires are inside a box. Sometimes it's coming out of the box, trying to light other boxes on fire. <laughs> we can deal with that. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's very, you know, the radio chatter on a structure fire is pretty pretty standard. Yeah. When it gets to a grass fire, you know, people think it's still going to be the same. It's not because now the fire is basically going wherever it wants to go or wherever it's wherever the topography tells it to go mm-hmm. so it's or wherever the wind's driving it to so it's doing all sorts of things that we're you know we don't we're kind of we're trying to second guess where we're trying to guess where the fire is going stay one step ahead of it but it's doing its own thing um so there's a lot of like radio chatter going back and forth on uh on the um on the net and uh it does get it does get chaotic and i know one of our members he was like you know it's really you know because he was listening to us back at the hall and he said, you know, it's pretty, uh, you guys are pretty, it's pretty chaotic. It sounds pretty, like, crazy on there. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, we, it, it is for the first five minutes. It is kind of crazy for the first little uh, bit. You know, there might be some guys walking over each other. You know, and I know what happened because dispatch said, yeah, someone walked over somebody. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to happen a little bit. And then once we kind of set our pace, know where we are, everything kind of calms back down and we can yep. sort everything out. So, yeah, I don't think it's, I mean, you can, you can train it all you want, but I think, when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. grass fire is a, it's kind of a different animal, and especially where we're, you know we're trying to get to we're trying to get it before it gets into the forest, before we have to start going yeah. bombers, before it hits the structure. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely hitting it with everything we got. And something like that, like when you go back to a structure fire, you're all responding to the same box. Yeah. yeah. So you pull up outside of the box. It might be the front side. It might be the back side. But announcing that you're on scene and getting direction is less important on a structure fire. It's very, very important, like don't get me wrong, but pulling up, so I'm visualizing our, our grass fire the other day. So you have kind of one way in, one way out. Um, there's a, a dirt road that could go out to the north, but like one main road into the area. So once you're there, you want to get deployed. You want to know where to go because you have an idea of the, the lay of the land, but you don't know where you need to be. So if you're not the first person getting there, getting the idea, immediately get yourself deployed and then you know, flake out your, your hose and your manpower. Everything be everything behind that, there's so much chatter. And now you're still trying to say, hey, this is here. Where do you need this? 
and there's so much happening. So yeah, there there's going to be times where you you have to not talk over somebody, but you have to be aggressive and get on the radio. And that adds a whole bunch more to it because everybody that's coming needs to know where to go. Now, mm-hmm. maybe as a group, we could be better at, you know, thinking ahead and say, hey, okay, the second unit, when you get here, I want you over here. So you already have that idea beforehand, but we roll so quickly behind each other. It's tough to to really think that far ahead, right? Like, it's easy on a structure fire. Okay, mm-hmm. first crew, I want you guys to... Do VIS, second crew, I need you guys to start thinking RIT and then start thinking ladders and start thinking this and second crew's hitting the hydra on the way in. Like Those are standard things that you do. Nothing with wildland is standard. Everything changes. Yeah, like you said, like usually when we're working in a box for a structure fire, like we've got the established, you know, first engine on, let's call it the alpha side. So you mm-hmm. know either those other responding units are only advancing manpower maybe and working from that one engine or maybe it is that second engine, but it's still going to be considered the alpha side yeah. or very close to it. Whereas, like you said, that that ever-changing and growing uh, wind-driven grass fire, mm-hmm. you know, now it is stretching out so far. Like, you can't get that good 360. You're not, like, sure, you're, you're doing a... a like a transitional attack or something that coming in from the side of it. But where's that fire front going? And we know our winds in our area here, they change drastically. So, and with the limited road access, it's hard. And we're not just, you know, running in with, with hand tools half the time. We've, we're packing a lot of water in these engines. So we want to get the engines as close as we can and start dragging that line out for a quick wet guard, quick knockdown, and then start deploying those other units. Yeah. So that first initial phase of that fire, when you're talking comms, it's it's super challenging because normal normal structure fire, you got your comms already established. People know the, know the roles like you mentioned, and then that grass fire. And now that first engine, that command unit, might have their roles established. But now your secondary water source is coming in. Mm-hmm. Your second uh, th- or third, fourth engine, or your tenders, they may have to deploy in a completely different zone, and you may not even know the proper road access in there mm-hmm. yet. So that stuff changes Good so thing. much. And that's where, like you said, you you may have to walk over somebody else because somebody at that moment may think their communication is super critical because they're trying to drag a line somewhere. But if you're dragging and stretching a line as a team leader at the base of the fire, you know, we, we need to know more at that flank, you know, at that mm-hmm. front where, the, where those people are. So, yeah. yeah, I think trying to describe it to a, a full-time, or not a full-time guy, a city firefighter mm-hmm. is imagine that fire that grows like two city blocks in the court in a matter of 10 minutes <laughs> so imagine mm-hmm. all those structures burning in 10 minutes and you have now you're fighting them like a city block two city blocks with fire mm-hmm. it's obviously not as big and you know but it's that that's the size and now imagine trying to figure out okay now i have to deploy my resources to surround this area mm-hmm. yeah. so it's, it's super uh super tough you know even yesterday we were and then, like the other thing is like i'm as captain yesterday i was trying to make decisions to the windshield and then the chief somewhere else, he and he knows what he wants. So we were driving up, and I looked down my left, and I can see him down there, and he's wagging us down. But I'm watching like the, the fire go towards the structures, and I know I have the only only engine that works. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I want you down here, and we're like, but we're going up here, <laughs> and we hit the crossroads just as we I see him, and he calls. So we we kind of we kind of deeped one way, and we actually had to back up slightly to go where he wants us to go, mm-hmm. and you know it was a little bit of we're like, ah. <laughs> and then the bus truck went ripping by us. Um, thankfully, the, the the fire break was that road, mm-hmm. so it was okay. Um, and then the the second engine showed up, but that was having challenges, which we knew. We knew going into it, we knew that. Yeah, 
Um, but we're waiting for parts, of course. Cause We've got a <laughs> super simple uh, repair. The uh, uh, PTO air actuator switch on the dash is leaking. The, di- mm. the uh, diaphragm's shot. So it was keeping up. Like you could hear, pshh, but it would, like the pump's good enough to pump that air and then still engage. Yeah. Because once it's engaged, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and it, it had been okay. We, we ordered it on like Friday morning and they were going to air freight it to us like quick. That's great. But then this call comes in Saturday. <laughs> yeah, right. And luckily we have a, our second engine is yeah. like newer than our first engine. It's just equipped with a little bit different stuff. We don't have any forestry line on that. That's all in our first engine. Uh, so it's not that we weren't going to roll the truck. We just weren't going to roll it first. So you guys went out. Well, then, yeah, that's the other thing. So like as soon as uh, I came running the hall and I had forgotten that in- the first engine was down. Mm-hmm. So I start going towards engine one, and one of the guys says, no, remember that truck's still down? And they remember from the morning where, where I wasn't at. I'm like, oh, crap. So as we're climbing down to two, I'm like, wait a minute, this has no forestry line on it. So I'm yelling at the guys, bring the tender, because it's got the rest of the forestry line on it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. <laughs> so that's the second truck that rolls. Yeah, so this is a little, little chaotic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so your engine wasn't So we already that. have that as an issue. So... Now we've got our first engine is deployed. It's anchored down because it's already flowing water. Uh, because that was the that was the case. Our um, tanker one one. <laughs> 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 our, our Americans. Uh, our our first uh, tender rolled up and kind of acted as a second engine because um, it's got a pump and it was doing its job up at the top to start with. So. Um, we are responding still with all the equipment and the manpower in our first two engine that uh, is having pumping problems. We get on scene, and I don't know who noticed it first, but we look to the the south of us, and there's this big column of smoke coming maybe five kilometers, five away. kilometers away from where <laughs> we are. We're like, ah, oh, son of a... And I'm thinking arsonist? <laughs> yeah, so now we've got two... Two grass fires potentially lit or happening. What's going on? You start getting these thoughts going. So anyway, then they're like, okay, you guys go. I'm like, ugh. But like, (laughs) we can't pump water for shit. (laughs) But everything else is tied up, so it has to be us to go put eyes on it. We get there, and luckily, it was uh, somebody thought that was a good day to start a burn pile. (laughs) So, first day of uh, summer. First day of summer. Hot <laughs> AF. The hottest and, part of uh, Canada. Yeah. Like, no one around. Just a pile of shit in amongst other grass and other, like, like, like brush grass, not grass. Like, there was fuel everywhere and no one there. So, we get there, and that's when we learn that now the pump won't work. So, um, JP was driving. Goes to engage the pump. Psh, nothing. Son of a bitch. Okay. So now you grab tools, hand hand tools, guard, grab a couple of water extinguishers off the truck, knock it down, rest of the hand, hand tools. Okay, this is good. It's not going anywhere. Everybody feels safe. Good, good, good. Let's go. So it was still kind of smoldering, but it wasn't going to spread now. So get back in the truck, rip, rip back out there. And we actually met up with uh, uh, Spencer. 
up at the top, you were calling for some more forestry lines, so I sent Carrie mm. to go with you, and she grabbed like three cleaver rolls over her shoulders of forestry and just booked it down towards the other truck. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so that got him a whole whole bunch of extra line. And Spencer hopped on and showed um, JP the manual override, so crawling to the truck, pull lever, pump and gauge, great, so now we can work. Uh, so yeah, we ended up positioning ourselves up on the high side, kind of probably where you were going to go initially. Yep. Uh, and we flaked out some line and yeah, made it happen from there. Well, the other yeah. problem, so we have two tenders, mm-hmm. tankers, right. tenders, whatever they call them. So <laughs> our second tender, so this, this is all, basically everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Yeah. So engine is not working. Uh, one of the engines is not working and one of the tenders, we're currently transitioning over building a new tender. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, we've stripped down the old tender to basically it's bare bones. It's got a pump on it. It's got, it's basically a water. That's, it's just a water truck. It's now. a truck it's with got a no, tank on it. Nothing else. Nothing on it. Yeah. And, you know, and it's and empty. empty. And the tank's because empty because it's about to be transitioned over. So <laughs> the rookies, who's actually a really good truck driver. Yeah. Someone's like, fill that truck up and come out. <laughs> so, yeah. so he's there filling it up. So he has to fill it up. Got it full after whatever long and drives out to us, which is good because that's you know that was like the water we needed because we were using a tender as an engine mm-hmm. at the current moment. <laughs> so, so then as the thoughts start turning to okay, how do we untender this? Uh, how do we untether this tender from being a pumper? Mm-hmm. So then uh, we got the portable pump that we have on yep. one of the engines, pulled that off, brought it over to the tank, and basically transitioned and basically made an engine. Out of a, you know, probably how forestry guys normally make it. Yeah. <laughs> so out of a pump and some some water. And then that yeah. freed up every, like, freed up, like, two trucks, basically. Yeah. Then everything started to cycle through. Nice. The old tenders went and shot of water. Everything did their job. Then it worked. Well, we surrounded it. And mm-hmm. Everybody met up in the middle. And, or everybody met up in the edges of the, we basically walked ourselves in to the, yeah. um, off the flanks and walked ourselves in and cut it off at the head. Mm-hmm. So, beauty. Yeah. It was a little chaotic for a while. Yeah, it, it, I mean, you were uh, back the truck, so you probably were probably like, "What are these idiots doing?" <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was a couple of moments. <laughs> I can hear you. I can hear you in the back. <laughs> you hear your mask on. I'm like, "Yeah, Chuck, girl." What's going on, man? Like, whatever. I, I got my side clear pretty quick. Yeah. There was almost the burnt hose award as well. I, I came back down the line, and it was still moving pretty quick towards right. the pass where we had run the lineup. So I just. Put that out quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Save someone around. <laughs> I actually got the other guys. Cause the other guys that went like the long line, mm. like they were going and they were way out there. And then I'm like, oh, that fire's burning down at the edge of the hose. So I went and grabbed like a water can off the truck and just yeah. ran along the, <laughs> the edge of the fire yeah. and went and put it put the edge of the fire and came back. <coughs> so I think the, the biggest uh, the biggest struggle, and we talked about this before, is when you look at it, the topography of what you're pulling up on, you can't see over certain hills. You can't yeah. see in certain distances from certain angles, especially if you even have an access road in That's the right. first place to get there. Yeah. So it's, well, how big is this thing? How quick is it moving? Where We need to now extinguish enough to be able to get around that side to be able to get to what we need to get to. Where are our hard points? Like, yes, there was a, luckily there was an irrigation canal. So we knew that was basically going to, and it was full. Mm-hmm. So we were okay there. It wasn't going to jump that. It, there mm-hmm. wasn't enough fuel there for it to be able to do that. But how far up does this dirt road go? I can't see over this mound where the rest of the guys, you know what I mean? Right. So you have that that problem constantly when you're in that position, which, you know, we, we just talked about it then, and some people are already doing it, drones. 
A great idea. Just if you've got something, then if you can get pilots and get the funding or whatever mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. We were very, uh, it was kind of funny. We'll actually post one of the pictures, but one of our members, Dennis, who you know from uh, our the guy who builds the first out trucks, he actually was flying overhead at the time. He was out on a on just a little flight for, for him. And uh, he took a couple of pictures of the forest. We had a better understanding. And it kind of, you know, jogged that thought of, hey, you know what? Like, Having an aerial view of this, just sending yeah. a drone up, doesn't need to go far, just needs to go far enough to be able to just sit there in one see. spot. Yeah. yeah. Give us a give us that overhead view. I think the cool thing you told us, like, because, uh, you know, I was over this, and I, I kind of understand drone technology mm -hmm. now, but, you know, it's getting better and better, and now there's, like, the loiter mode where it just will go up and hover there and loiter on the, over the site and, and basically give real-time footage back. And, I, you know, I think that's what the problem from the older technology was because you would actually need a guy sitting there going yeah, with his controls trying to control the thing and mm -hmm. keep hovering and get pictures and then they crash and all this stuff. But this is literally, it sounds like literally one button goes up, hovers over the site, 100%. feeds mm -hmm. everything back, has like a wide angle lens, I guess, or something, and then uh, mm -hmm. feeds everything back to the command. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're there yet, but it's kind of cool. No, <laughs> still, for sure. I mean, I know that they're using it um, in different places now, especially for hotspot clearing afterwards. So they send it up with a FLIR camera yeah, attached. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then what they'll do is the forestry guys basically will come in behind it and they'll mark GPS locations <clears throat> with the camera. And they'll say, okay, at this point, at this checkpoint, yeah. at this coordinates, dig down, there's a hotspot under the ground because they just use the FLIR to pick it up. It's pretty yeah. impressive stuff. But <laughs> I'm not saying we get to that level, but having <clears throat> something that we can just get a very clear bird's eye view. Bird's eye. How quick is this moving? What direction is it really going? Because again, when you're on one flank, it looks like it's coming your way. The wind is blowing your way. But on the other side, if the topography has changed and it's down yeah. or up, then it's still going that direction too, right? So knowing that and knowing if there's another way in is nice too, especially when you're coming in on those side roads. Yeah. I think especially, you know, in our smaller apartments, for, just for that initial a size up as the incident commander if we could deploy something like that like i said it's not gonna be flying all over the place because as soon as we get air resources in That's gonna everything's gonna get shut down right but for that initial like you said just to get an idea okay here's yeah. the this is where the fingers are going this like this is what's ahead of it now we know and we can start diverting our resources where needed mm -hmm. but because we've all been on those bigger fires when our air resources have come from Penticton pretty rapidly yeah. mm -hmm. and now we got comms with them and it was it's dialed in at that point but that first little bit It'll really help us. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, <clears throat> the whole point, and to your point, Ash, as well, we're structure guys at heart, is what it comes mm -hmm. down to. We fill the shoes of forestry at the time because it's what we have to do to ensure that structures and everything else are safe. Mm -hmm. yeah. And trying to catch those things while they're small is absolutely imperative because we've got so much grassland that once that starts going you ain't catching it mm -hmm. that's when you get the big fires and that's when unfortunately you know you've got another summer of smoke as yeah. we normally mm -hmm. do here right but being structure fire guys we do it in a way that is still ingrained in the structure mentality which is changing mm -hmm. because of the way we're doing forestry yep. train, training now mm -hmm. which is great but as we had no uh, no forestry line on there we were lugging <laughs> And, it, and, like, and, and in some ways, it's good because it reminds us. It reminded everybody of like why this, that force line is so good. Now? Because you guys yeah. are like, man, that sucks dragging that hose. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was only 150 yeah. feet of hose, and then I I end up or uh, Brett and I end up pulling like another couple hundred feet of um, inch and a half um, structure line, and then then the other force hose started showing up for up the tender and then off the engine. Um, so then we added the force hose, and the guys are like, this is so much easier. Mm. We have a little bit of a tangle. 
That was a little bit of a gong show. So that's, we, we deployed two Cleveland rolls at once. Uh. And I always say the Cleveland rolls never fail. Well, they failed because I connected to the wrong ends. Because <laughs> 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 I was talking to, I was talking to one of the other guys. The and I'm like, wasn't paying attention. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, charge it. And instantly he was like, Bleh. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so Brett and I are looking at it and I'm like, guys are fighting fire. I'm like, just pull it. And then they pulled it. I was hoping it was going to untangle because it didn't look that bad. And then it just instantly like a little rat's nest. I'm like, so I'm like, Okay, Brett, how fast do you think we can be with this? He's like, oh, I think we can be pretty fast. So I whip out the old hose strangler. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, go. Freaking strangle the hose, unhook it. He's like, and like does a knot, <laughs> hook it back up. It's probably like, it felt like an hour, but it was like you know, 20 <laughs> seconds we were done. Yeah. And back fighting fire and everything was straight and easy nice. pull. So I was like, Jesus. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, everything's going wrong. <laughs> it was definitely a test. It was definitely yeah. a test. Mm-hmm. But on the upside, it was a good one. It, yeah. We had to. We shook out some cobwebs. Um, oh, yeah. We figured out some bits and pieces. We now have loaded up um, 182 with yeah. extra. All trucks are geared up now. <laughs> Everything's yeah. got I mean, forestry. The, yeah, on the it. way the forestry line is on on the second engine is not ideal. It's just kind no. of sitting up there, this but it's, it's good but for it's now until we can get the pieces we need to make it better on that hose mm-hmm. bed. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, dragging that inch and a half up was much easier. After from the tire drags. Oh, we're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the workouts. Work it. <laughs> Flop that right over the shoulder and just ran up that hill. It was uh, it was hard work, but it was a lot easier than it would. It was a lot easier than it was last summer. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm thinking about that drone some more. Like not even firewise, you know, like water rescues. Like, yeah. Sometimes, you, like rather than rather even if not for us, maybe uh, search and rescue. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than walking the river trying to find a person, mm-hmm. throw the drone up with a flare on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously, if the person's deceased, you're not going to find them, but, you know, they, they'll find the hot spots. And, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, there's a lot of different uses for it. A lot of different uses Because I'm, I'm suspecting, you could probably, like, tell it to track the river. Like, you could be like, okay, start here and start flying along the river yeah. for, you know, 200 you yards. Yeah. You can. Or if you're, you, I mean, if you've got a pilot anyway, you can have that pilot do it. Yeah, but you can, you can map, you can pop in coordinates for it to go from A to B, no hmm. problem. And then it'll just, it can go back and forth, however you want to set them up. They're pretty impressive, man. Pretty mm-hmm. impressive tech. You know, going back to some of our old days fires, like, I remember that night we stayed, we had to stay over. Remember that night we stayed up above, uh, above the gun range? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was, we, we ended up like doing like a 3 a.m. patrol and we found that yeah. stump that had rolled down and just yeah. barely stopped. Yeah. And if it would have kept rolling, like something like that, that drone would have saw it. Because we it just happened to be like, hey, let's go for a little bit of a walk because we were doing patrols. But we were kind of on this like edge of this area where we we're like, eh, do we want to walk down there? You see a little smoke down there? And we walked a whole big stump burning. Mm-hmm. It, was, it had just like it was like burning and it was about to roll down the mess of the hill and like re- basically relight this giant forest fire. <laughs> so Todd and I and somebody else were up there with like axes mm-hmm. and, a, and a piss can trying to thing out. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So like something like that, the drone would have caught right away. Well, I had thought about something a very long time ago, and they now actually I thought about this maybe maybe 15 years ago when drones and stuff really started kind of like first popping up. Uh, and then I later adapted it for what we were thinking about for fire. So now what they do is they use them for finding um, finding different cars in massive car lots. They use them for scanning different cans if you've got in shipping yards and things like that, all the barcodes. So they use barcode scanners. Well, why not every firefighter <laughs> gets a barcode scanner, not necessarily just through that. You can do them through GPS too. So everyone gets a small GPS chip that goes into their helmet. 
And when the drone goes above, Carl, no, I, can, I, can just, you, man. I can just see the uh, conspiracy. Absolutely. Same thing they put in the containers where everyone would do it, right? Carl loses his mind one day and puts a gun on that thing. Got it. But then you'd be able to see, from an aerial view, you'd be able to see where every single firefighter oh, was. Sure, yeah. It would be an overhead view of the entire picture, including mm-hmm. for RIT teams if you were going internal. I thought they had those for years on the 80s movies and the Navy SEALs and stuff. They had those for a long time. Yeah, maybe they <laughs> 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 the movies, yeah. TV never lies. Um, yeah, it was it was good. It was, a, it was a good one. And we did end up getting the threefer. The yeah. pool came in after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which is nothing. Which yeah. was nothing, but still, I should have put money on it. <laughs> yeah, we were arguing. Uh, well, not arguing. Yeah. We have this thing where we say if there's two calls, there's always going to be a third. And, uh, but uh, I said to Carl, I said, that's not a thing. It hasn't happened in a long time. And, it hasn't happened in like over t- probably a year or so. We haven't had like mm-hmm. two. Like, then, of course, last night we had one. <laughs> it's <a> third. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. I think we should talk uh, one thing that came out of this whole uh, yeah, absolutely. So, and it's been, I think we've been talking about it for quite a while, but now it's. I think we had mentioned it on here yeah. actually before. Mm-hmm. Do we? No. Um, you know, now it's definitely kind of in the forefront of our minds, and, and Ash brought it up again. And I think that a few ideas that we've had, we're now putting them all together. Everything's coming into a, a bit of a package. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> a bundle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we talked about how we have uh, we're probably one of the few departments that have has its own crane truck. <laughs> so high up, they call it high up. Um, and the reason why we have it is there's a few reasons. Uh, primarily for me as a training officer, we use it for the training ground to move cars, to move buildings, to do this and that. That's why I like having it. Um, it's also an we have the ability to use it as, as somewhat of an aerial device. Um, we've never used it on a structure fire as an aerial device. Um, we've practiced with it, though. We've practiced not, it a few yeah. times. And, it, you know, it's not, the bucket is not designed to basically hold up at two or two and a half, which is kind of the minimum you usually need to do an aerial attack. We could definitely put a guy up there with an inch and a half, get a little bit of a height on the thing. Um, so we're always trying to find, because, I mean, this thing's parked in our truck bay. It's just kind of sitting there. It's got a big flat deck on, though. So we're like, you know... None of us like have an apparatus just sit there, not doing anything. So we've been talking lately, like, and more and more, and now after this, um, we kind of did proof of concept without even doing proof of concept yesterday. Because mm-hmm. um, yesterday what we did, like I said, we brought a portable pump in, and we dropped a portable tank next to it, and and um, drafted from it, and basically ran our, when it ran our whole northern flank off this one pump. It was great. And, you know, that doesn't sound like it's groundbreaking, but what is groundbreaking for us is what we're going to do is we're going to build a what do we call it? a supply bundle <laughs> a support bundle a right? support bundle um, so we've been I don't know you want to go ahead and ask it's <laughs> yeah so we have this high have it's whatever six feet wide by I think it's more than six I think it's about maybe it's eight, 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 yeah, eight, eight wide, wide. It's yeah it's eight, pretty yeah. wide by god gotta be next 20 feet long so it's, it's big so you could build two eight by eight um basically uh, supply drop crates and on, on this crate is going to be a portable tank a portable pump um, a bunch of inch and a half 
uh, forestry hose. Probably um, set up as a cross landing. You could probably do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah you get, man, you know, yeah. Yeah. So you get your first initial attack out there. Um, and you can open up a whichever. bunch of Cleveland rolls. Yeah. In and there. then a bunch of Cleveland rolls. Or a couple of throw bags. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then get some throw bags with the Econo, get some bulk Econo, um, have some uh, structure protection sprinklers in, in a go tote, um, extra fuel, uh, water in a built in cooler. Uh, if it was going to be a long call before that truck leaves, just run over to our ice machine at the hall, throw a bucket of ice in that, and how, now you've got fresh, cold drinking water yeah. out on the fire ground, which every large grass oh, fire it we sucked. always When we realized we didn't yeah. have it on, yeah. on the truck, it was it was. I mean, luckily I have pocket water. Good old pocket water. Never forget your pocket water. 500 uh, milliliters of pocket water is bullshit. It does nothing. Yeah, when it's like 20 odd degrees, you're just like... Like, oh, I found a flaw in my crotch water. Because oh. <laughs> I usually have it sitting between my, in my pants, <laughs> so I grab it. Yep. It had slid and fell out, so I didn't see it when I pulled my pants on. I was like, I'm somewhere in your boots. So as we're driving, I'm like, it's no, cool. it's like back in the hall. Oh. It's falling out of line in my locker. I'm like, yeah. ah. <laughs> Fault. <laughs> so crotch water's not a thing anymore. <laughs> I'll tell you one good thing about being a truck that left a little bit slower. Like, I was slower to get there. and so I run in the door, I had JP right behind me, and then I'm like, ah, I'm always worried that like another officer is going to be right on my tail and I'm going to miss it. So I'm like looking, like, hey, I've got time. <laughs> I run over to the uh, to the fridge, case of cold water, <laughs> right on the front seat. That truck was so happy. <laughs> I'm like, cold water for you, cold water for you, and we're always... Sip, sip, sip on our way there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was genius. But uh, yeah, so we we want to have all of this on a, like a portable skid that our Hiab can have winch onto. Up. It'll have a hook yeah. on it. Pick it up, drop it. The only thing that's going to come off of it, like everything will be fixed mounted, um, all of the bins, everything, uh, except for that portable tank, which will pull the tank off, will expand it. A uh, water tender will come, service it with water. That'll piece out, start working off of that. And that's going to be, you, you can drop two two firefighters, three firefighters there. And now you have, you can put that somewhere and that can look after. You know, I was thinking about this basically all last night. We could we could have dropped that right next to our, our engine. Yeah. <clears throat> and just rehooked your guys' lines up to that mm-hmm. one pump. Yep. And then the engine could have backed up, could have parked. We could have reloaded what hose we needed for structure fire and like just parked it there. Oh, yeah. And then carried on with our fighting uh, with using mm-hmm. using the supply bundle, and then um, and then uh, if there was another call like there was, we could easily leave one or two guys to carry yeah. on with it, and then get back on the truck, mm-hmm. take what manpower we needed, and take off. <clears throat> I mean, I don't think it's groundbreaking. I think other departments do this, but yeah. for us, it's a high up. It's the ability to use a high up. I think a lot of people use trailers, yeah, and trailers use stuff, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, you have, this, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, the best thing. Like I said, it's so specific to you guys with the high app. It, yeah. it's, it's a perfect setup. It's sitting there. Why not be able to utilize mm-hmm. that? And it's going to free up resources big time, especially if you're getting into, into structure protection stuff as well. Right? Yeah. That can be the, the little skin yeah. units. Because um, basically, back in the day, we had very similar stuff, not in a, in a nice little care package like that. But when I worked with forestry, we'd hoof it up to the top of the hill with you know minimum equipment on. Chopper would come in, yeah. drop a full bladder. For us, like fully enclosed bladder, mm-hmm. um, and then the second second drop would be the pump and the hose, and, yeah. and yeah. away you go, right? Or it'd be a gravity fed system or what have you. But exact same concept. This is just now very specific for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, it's I, I think, I think it's fantastic. It's gonna mm-hmm. especially the amount of forestry stuff or like 
grasslands and bush stuff that you guys yeah. have in your zone compared to our zone mm-hmm. we don't have very much but you right. guys have a huge area yeah. and there's so many more grass fires this is going to really free up yeah. these resources i go back to like the mount, mountain park fire that we had up on uh the bank over here um yeah like we had engines tied up oh we could have dropped i mean if we had we could have had 10 of these things <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but nice. we could have dropped because your truck was up there for a while and we yeah. could have mm-hmm. dropped one of these right there. Um, we could drop one down the way and then yeah. carry, carry it on. So again, riding. like we're all all over our local coverage area and beyond. Um, there's fire everywhere and yeah. everything's tied up. So you get those, like that would be a great structural protection unit. So mm-hmm. we had one of our engines camp out overnight at uh, one residence because it, it just kept coming up to the, to the edge and then it would itself back down kept creeping towards us again and then would leave like were you guys up on the yeah. very very top it came right at you so you needed right. everything that, that that you had there but we didn't need to have an entire engine we needed three of us yeah, and watching this yeah. just in case and there was enough water around us that we could have made it happen with yeah. what with what we had but instead because we didn't have something like this there's five guys and well the other thing back to that was uh you know later that next the fire you're talking the mm-hmm. next day it was me and uh, Travis. We were left, you know, just him and I were left there to guard this whole area. And then we were watching the fire slowly creep. And I'm radioing. I'm like, hey, we need, we need, because uh, I could see it's going to about to hit this upslope. Yep. And then we know how fast it goes. So I'm like, I need another uh, vehicle here. I need, a, need an apparatus here. Yeah, yeah, we're tied up. We're, we're down here doing this. I'm uh, going to need that pretty quick. And then within mm-hmm. like five minutes, I'm like, I need this thing now because it's coming back up at this house. We got, we got two shovels and a, and a backpack water <laughs> and so i'm like trying to like, find like a you know something that we have 30 guys on me and this yeah. one guy are fighting it with a sh- two shovels and a backpack sprayer mm-hmm. it's like jesus <laughs> and you think of like you mentioned how much it's going to free up your apparatus so you know you go there especially once you do that initial no- initial knockdown and now you're looking into the yeah. transition in the mop-up man you can have those those scattered scattered around your apparatus is now refilled ready to go yep. and you're still utilizing it to shuttle water or mm-hmm. manpower what have you and you're you're good to go but it, the the concept it's it's no different than what we used to do back in the day before they had the structure protection units yep. you know we would get sent to support forestry with an engine we'd sit there in front of the house have the hose ready to go and we'd sit there and wait that's exactly what mm-hmm. we're doing you know now they've expanded with the sprinklers and stuff like that yep. but it's the same concept. Yeah. You know, I like the fact we could drop it and then unhook like the the line that's off the engine and rehook it to that pump. Mm-hmm. That way, um, that way we don't have to deploy all the line off the the unit. Plus, reload the other <laughs> the other stuff. And, right. And we just be like, okay, we'll transition this forestry to, to this forestry, and then you know now that engine can go. Mm-hmm. When you think of you look back at our larger fires we've had, you know, so. You guys are complementing your resources with your two water tenders. We'd yeah. send ours up. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the other water outlying tank. areas coming in. Mm-hmm. And depending on the si- in the time in the fire season, Forestry's got all these other tanker guys on contract. Yeah. So now they're showing up and supporting us after. So now we've got these other, you know, industry mm-hmm. uh, tankers. We've got tons of water at that point. So yeah. having another model with some more bladders like that set up, you're set. Yeah. yeah. Another good point of it, too, is, you know, if we are dealing with a situation like we were many years ago where we're roaming around trying to make sure certain properties are good, you could literally take this and say, hey, sir, we're going <laughs> to plump this down in your back garden. If stuff starts going off and we can't get here quick enough because we're dealing with something, here's how you turn the pump on. 
<laughs> go get it. Like well, if, you if you're sticking around, oh, yeah, if you're yeah, sticking yeah, around, yeah, for sure, yeah. Right, because like, yeah. some people wouldn't leave. So it's like, okay, well, you know what? We're gonna dump this on your lawn. This is gonna help big time. Yeah. You set up all the sprinklers. You have everything ready to rock. All they have to do is turn this pump, and you're happy days. And the biggest thing, which I don't think a lot of people understand, and I know. For me, it was it was a bit of a concept change because we're so used to big water, right? Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with grass fires, yeah. it's the trickliest little piss that just mm-hmm. like it, it extinguishes it. It helps you build the guard. You don't use a lot of water when you're fighting these things. Mm-hmm. It's just about getting preemptive. Well, we do, but that's the The thing I noticed yesterday is when the trucks all got back. Like we already we were back early because we were like the only um we were like, yeah, let's get back into town because we're the only engine right now that's can that can, that can do things. Yeah. yeah. So we're back, we loaded all our stuff and we 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 were just finished as the rest of the trucks the apparatus started coming back. And the thing that really got me going, yeah, we're finally getting the forestry side of thing or the wildland side is when we unloaded the, the officer truck. And it was just forestry hose, like mountains of forestry hose, and, and maybe line. three lengths yeah. of structure yeah, because structure, that's yeah. what flakes off first. Like yeah, so, yeah off. I think we put it like five lengths of structure hose away the whole, five, maybe six lengths the whole yeah. time. <laughs> and it was like two pre-connects, and then the rest is all. It was like forestry, you know, like 10, 20, 10 mm-hmm. lines of forestry hose plus you know mountains of the con line. Yeah, and it that's was just, the yeah, con line. And, be, and guys, when we first brought it up, we're like, "Hey, let's get back in the using this hose." And they're like, "Ah, that's not fun. That's not. It's not effective." Oh, and then now guys are like. This is so much better. <laughs> well, you're not lugging the you're not lugging the yeah. inch and a half everywhere structure line trying to pull yeah. that up a hill in 40 degree weather mm-hmm. on a rocky cactus covered yeah. surface. I was talking to yeah. Carrie about it was we're talking about the throwbacks this time. Carrie's like, oh, it was, it was pretty awesome watching the throwbacks getting because it was the first fire we had since throwbacks got came in. She's the, the economy throwbacks. Um, she's like, yeah, it's cool. Like guys are hucking throwbags to each other, and then. Uh, you know, and then the odd you know, throwback was left behind. I was going around picking them up. I'm like, we only have so many of these. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I'm thinking we will have Remember to. Remember clipping to yourself work, after you're done? Unless they say, hey, guys, clip this to yourself. Um, we may have to start, like, talking to somebody to build this better, th- like, actual mm-hmm. for that reason. Because we're going to probably need more. Um, but one of the guys has a good point because he was, uh, Ryan, he, he hooked up. But the fire was still right in front of him. And he wanted to fight into it. But it, all the hoses in the throwback. So we're calling the Ryan method, actually. We're calling his last name, but I won't say his last name. So <laughs> he he actually took the throwback and hucked it into the air. <laughs> so it deployed into the air and then landed on him. And then he then he charged the line. <laughs> so I was it's like, fun. that's pretty cool. Like, rather than hucking it out, he hucked it up. That's why the is so great. It's so light. Like, it's oh, so yeah. easy to flake out. Mm-hmm. And how many feet are in those bags that you guys have? We get 50s. Yeah. So, yeah. So. That's it. Like, and you, you can, can buy the larger ones, but they just, yeah. all it does is burn up and, yeah. and wreck. So guys, are chaining, guys end up chaining two together. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think we had six of our eight bags mm-hmm. out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it works, it works so, so good. Yeah. Actually, so we should yeah. talk to the Rescue Canada to see if they want, they build, they can build the con like specific throwbacks mm-hmm. <laughs> with the DTFS logo on it. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> um, yeah, actually, what we, we found out why she started the fire was uh, a bird had gone into the power lines, again. smoked again, same spot again, <laughs> and then fell and obviously was on fire when it hit the ground and up it went. So so the second one is here. Scott made up, it was a really good point actually when you brought it up. It was just like, well, why not? Just why does why do people not just put gravel around the base of every power pole in like three three to five feet? Just 
just to stop that exact thing. Do you know what I mean? That's it. And I was like, just gravel. You should really tell Fortis is put gravel around, like twenty foot <laughs> perimeter. Yeah. You know, like lay down some landscape cloth, put gravel down. Yeah, you're in there with the poles anyway, right? Like you're, you're already doing work. <laughs> the JP's like, don't tell anybody. Just paint the rocks. We'll paint the rocks red and say oh, they're fire retardant rocks, and we'll sell it for a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a businessman. I know. He's, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's a banker. <laughs> yeah. So but if anyone yeah. wants to buy some uh, fire retardant rock, <laughs> we got a whole bunch to sell you. I'll sell it to the design team guy. He's coming to my house tomorrow. <laughs> we're, we're talking about moving a power pole. Oh, so. yeah. 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 There you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, uh, what we'll do is we'll see if we can ask Dennis nicely and post up one of his pictures of uh, of that kind of uh, the area that yeah. was on fire. And uh, so we'll get that up as well. Yeah, it's on your uh, fire department Facebook page. It is yeah. on the page? Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Mm-hmm. We'll just roll it over to our page, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else to add there? I can't read your notes here, Carl. Um, Gravel around power poles. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that arousal? <laughs> <laughs> Gravel arousal. What does that mean? <laughs> Whatever you're into, man. Whatever floats your boat. Mm. <laughs> the internet's a good it. place. <laughs> That's not how I get my rocks off. Hey! Oh! We didn't talk about the horse! <laughs> You didn't hear about the horse story. Which one? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> we should we should talk about it. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Stop laughing then. It's quite, well, I was just thinking about bad jokes. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, the other night, actually, was, we were at practice, and and Ash goes, hey, did you see the horses up on the road up there, up on uh, one of our roads? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he had talked to somebody resident up there, and they said, yeah, they're, they're just running around. Don't worry about it. Sure enough, one thirty in the morning. MBI. Oh no! Guy hit a horse. Oh. So we're try- we're going to the rescue truck. Um, Rob goes first because he's the officer, and uh, he comes on the radio. He's like, uh, "Yeah, rescue." Uh, and I'm thinking, I'm waiting for him to go. Like, you're not needed. He's like, "Yeah, the guy's still trapped. Uh, we need you." Oh, I'm like, "Oh, we're like cool." <laughs> so we pull up, and it looked like someone had taken the like their hand, like a big giant, took his hand and grabbed the car and peeled it back. You didn't see that. I, we should have, I don't know if we took a picture of the car after the guy was out, but it looked like someone had peeled the car from like the hood mm. all the way up to the back of the like trunk and peeled it right open, but the doors were still in there. Yeah, like your ABC <laughs> posts yeah. were still intact. Yeah. Just the center of the roof came out. Oh, jeez. The windshield's on top of the guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of lean over and I pull the windshield off the guy. I'm like, and he's semi-conscious. Um, so uh, we try to open the door and it's jammed. So we end up um, popping the door, popping, um, like taking the hinges, taking the door off. Um, the guy was actually pretty okay. Like he ended up coming out okay. Like we didn't, mm-hmm. and he just kind of walked out, sat down, <laughs> sat on a stretcher, the ambulance taking him. And while we're doing that, I'm like, I, you know, I had heard he had a horse. So, like anyone, uh, anyone check on the horses to see or the horse at the time because I didn't know there was two. There ended up being two. So and they're like, yeah, there's actually two. I said, like, oh. So, this is where the terrible joke comes from. <laughs> so, you know, the one, the, you know, the officers, you know how we are with dark humor. And we said, hey, did anyone talk to, or anyone check on that horse? He said, yeah, I asked him for a statement. It said, nay. <laughs> We're all like, boo. <laughs> but then what actually happened, but then actually, they, they, then it kind of turned into a funny, kind of a funny joke into like a nightmare. Because what happened is, <laughs> so we check on the one horse and I'm like, where's the other horse? And I said, I think it's down there. So I, I go walking down and I can see like headlights of a truck. I'm like, I'm walking in this horse. It was like on its 
like front legs kind of like leaning over and it's like jaws like torn off and like blood's coming out i'm like oh yeah yeah i'm like oh that ain't leaving me anytime soon <laughs> no so i walk back and like go to the officer i'm like that horse needs to be euthanized and he's one of the newer officers so he was just kind of like oh, what <laughs> so he came and euthanized the horse and yeah, it was uh cool. yeah, that would have then that turned into a mess because of course now there's blood all over the road, so we had to hose that down. It was like yeah, definitely it's an interesting yeah. one thirty AM call. You know, that's <laughs> that stuff happens a lot and for our law enforcement officers, that's that's hard to do. Oh yeah, that yeah, because he was definitely yeah. like he was just like an animal like that. Uh, like it, yeah, yeah. So if you're not a hunter, like, yeah, yeah, not, I was just gonna say that. Like he was yeah. definitely not I mean I can't say definitely, but I would feel very confident saying that he was not yeah. a hunter. He was yeah. not a like marksman that went out. And, it's a hard pill like, to swallow. Yeah. It's a shotgun, right? He's not he's doesn't have a, doesn't a hunting rifle. Yeah. yeah. So we're yeah, because we're like the three of us were standing there. We're like, why do you want closer? Like we're 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 not telling him to. But we're in our minds. We're like kind of like, oh, that's weird. It's an interesting way to do it. Oh, that's an interesting way to do it <laughs> because you know we're all the hunter mindset, <laughs> and I don't think he did. Did yeah. But yeah, and it's hard. Yeah, it's hard in the yeah. police. And you can tell it definitely hit him. They use. Oh yeah. Yeah. He had to have a moment for yeah, sure. Nice. I, by watching it, I say that was the first life he ever yeah. ended, <laughs> and that's tough for somebody, yeah. right? Yeah. Animal that's... or not, and sometimes more so with an animal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that was a weird. Cool. And then, of course, we have to take two of our rookies with us. I'm like, Sadie, like the fire department. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's <that's> pretty good. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, any more for any more? Yes. <laughs> no, Name? So. Name. <laughs> Fuck. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> oh, uh, hopefully everybody understands our dark humor. I think everybody's listening. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Everybody's listening, you should have dark humor. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah. Helps get you through. That's right. It's really uh, the glue that holds us all together. Oh. Uh, keep, keep coming. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to get slammed by Pia. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't kill it. <laughs> If anything, we were trying to humanely exactly. help it along. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we get a lot of those. We get it with deer quite often as well. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. know, it's yeah. those yeah. situations, especially because we're in rural community. Like, yeah. it is what it is. You're going to, mm-hmm. there is wildlife and it is everywhere. And yeah. it loves running yeah. out in front of cars at 3 a.m. It's yeah. reality. I was actually, I was talking to one of the guys at work. And he, used to, he was a, a paramedic for years in uh, Manitoba. Uh, yeah. had a lot of moose. Yeah, <laughs> he oh, yeah. said, "Yeah, one oh, time, man. and it, and they were in a super rural area." So he's like, "Yeah, one time uh, they got there first, and they were the moose was dead, laying in the car, and it's like <laughs> legs are sticking out everywhere. The guy is in there, like crushed underneath the moose. He's still alive." So he's like, so I crawl in there. He's like, I, I run, I'm running an IV on the guy. <laughs> like, like basically hanging it off the moose. <laughs> he's like doing all this stuff. <laughs> and he's in there for like an hour while the, while the fire department comes there, to yeah. cut him out of the car. <laughs> he's like, he goes, yeah, I still remember the smell. Because <laughs> a moose, you know, you moose oh, yeah. don't smell pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he's like, yeah, it was definitely one of those ones I'm not going to forget. <laughs> oh, shit. Again, things the city guys don't see. Uh, it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, I'm sure we see they they see a lot of crazier stuff. But. Yeah. 
Todd's had the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> My stories I cannot share. <laughs> we need to do a Todd's Tales. <laughs> the listeners will either drop off or skyrocket. <laughs> <laughs> Stories, it's yeah, gotta be on exactly. the list. Yeah, it's we'll kind of good we only have show notes, not sponsors. <laughs> sponsors true. would be like, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just gotta get the right people, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any more for any more, gents? Okay, then uh, let's start with Motus. Yeah, Modus, um, we jumped on the Snagger tool early. Uh, love it. Uh, really good uh, multi-tool. Good for coupling hose, advancing hose line, uh, hose handling. Uh, they also came out with their hydrant wrench, their shove knife, their four-century wedges. <sighs> what else do they got? They have things, man. They got their like little grab bag of tools that they have coming out now so pretty sweet uh, t-shirts man i really yeah. like mine mm. yeah yeah, yeah really, cool really cool. it is legit i really um, like it really good company canyon company um they've been supporters of ours pretty much right off the hop so uh love those guys if you like what they're selling which you should uh dtff5 is going to get you five percent off of your order check yes, them out indeed uh top legion here Legion Engineered, you betcha. Uh, check them out online. They've got uh, a lot of their uh, their shirts and hoodies and hats, uh, decals. <laughs> and uh, a portion of those proceeds, as we say, they goes towards um, supporting PTSD awareness, um, where the majority of the of the portion is sold. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's also got his own podcast now. Yep. System D. System D. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> is that? I mean, sorry. <laughs> okay. yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually, I feel bad. I haven't gone on and listened to the podcast yet. I've been too busy, but I want to you, uh, you would listen to a few of them. And, I've yeah. gotten through a few of them. Explosive lyrics. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, yeah I haven't listened to them. Mm-hmm. So on my, on my list to do here this week. Ignition. Uh, Ignition USA, um, the CRAT tool, Seattle Rapid Access Tool. Um, we were lucky enough to get a live demo when we were down in Seattle. Um, pretty cool unit. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> we I just thought of a better acronym. Way too political. Yeah. <laughs> We are north of the border where it's safe because we're not allowed to have AR-15s. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe we'll share that with them later. Uh, so anyway, yeah, it's a uh, pre- pretty cool device, uh, multi-tool again, um, where you can um, gain access to a premises uh, and then leave it securable. So if it's a, a, a medical call, uh, if it was a like alarm act- activation to a industrial building that uh, the property rep was was delayed. There's no visible fire, but you still have to get in there and confirm. You know, we enjoy busting the door down, but I'm sure the property owner doesn't enjoy that quite as much. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a really cool tool. So uh, check that out. Um, we've got a video on our YouTube, on our Facebook page. Uh, we've got some photos and such on our Instagram and our TikTok. Um, and then on his website has uh, a bunch of uh, video content as well. So ignitionusa.org, I believe. No, ignitionusa.us. Sorry, 
yeah, uh, check that out uh, for 20% off. DTFF 2020. Yeah, good little tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott, stop the bleed. Yeah, stop the bleed month, month is now over, so... Let her bleed. No, do not let her bleed. <laughs> um, tourniquets are important. <laughs> um, especially nowadays when you never know when uh, when law enforcement or um, fire and paramedics might not be able to attend because of social unrest. Mm-hmm. So it's important to get trained or at least have some level of training on it. Uh, you can uh, go online. I don't know if courses are opening up yet. Hopefully soon. Yeah, I, I don't know internationally wise. I know in BC they're telling us that we can start doing some uh, right. um, some socially distant courses, if yeah, you will, which is pretty in easy small to do. classes. Yeah, yeah which yeah. is fairly easy to do in good weather up here now. So yeah, so you know, you know uh, wound packing, direct pressure, and tourniquets are the are the standard. Yeah. Um, that's the way to do it. And have fun with it. If you're an instructor, check out our uh, our YouTube stuff on it. And um, yeah, and, yeah, make it fun, or it fun no one's gonna remember it. Yeah. And fun and practical. I mean, you can make things fun by being jokey and stuff, but, you know, those hard-hitting kind of blood spurting everywhere, yeah. sort of big blood spurting everywhere sort of, sort of uh, scenarios are, are always good. Well, even with, uh, like, if you want to get kind of a general idea of what to do there, you can obviously, like Todd said, you can check out those videos. We've got self-applications for tourniquets, applications on patients. Scott shows you on Rob there how to do uh, a neon neon leg technique to, to, again, stop that pressure. Or, sorry, stop the bleed with that pressure. Um, those sorts of things you can just check out on our YouTube page. There are also on our Facebook, but they're way easier to find on the YouTube page mm-hmm. um, for a little bit of kind of a general idea mm-hmm. of what to do there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stopthebleed.org. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any more for any more? Got to give love to the old bar boys. Then. The bar boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be back on track. Well, yeah, it looks like they're uh, they've changed their uh, Wednesday box alarm to the weekly box alarm. Those bastards, kind of, you know. First we steal the entire idea from them. <laughs> but now they steal it. Like, yeah, how down to it was completely unique. I don't know what yeah, so if you've made it this far, you've obviously heard of them. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. They're a great group of guys. Check them out. They got content dropping weekly. Uh, yeah, Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. I, I think half the time we just say bar boys. We do. People are looking yeah. them up online. Who's these bar boys? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more about these bar boys. <laughs> Find them anywhere. <laughs> Apparently there's a song and they sing it. They do <laughs> sing it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. Um yeah, check it out. Yeah, and oh, uh, what Tanner? Yeah, yeah, Tanner Olson, and he's uh, throwing him some more love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's got the he's got some live show, not live shows, um, live to Facebook shows or oh, streaming, yeah, yeah. Uh, live yeah. streaming live shows. Um, so yeah, check him out on Spotify. It's country music. And uh, I kind of like it. And like I say, I always say, I don't like country music. <laughs> it's the best thing to listen to while doing jiu-jitsu, Scott. A little bit of country. Tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had him rocking in the truck today with the fam as we were uh, bombing around the back road. Nice. In the nice. DC today. Nice. Yeah, it was good. good. Nice, wholesome, stretching denim. <laughs> yeah. What's this about? <laughs> it's about when you eat too much at dinner. <laughs> and your denim stretches. <laughs> Yeah, Tanner Olson Band, uh, Facebook, uh, and Spotify. Cool. Yeah. Any more for any more? Mm.
Then we will call it quits. Uh, Scott. Oh, good night. <laughs> Tom. I'm, I'm distracted by Todd's flashy light over here. Uh, Ash. Yeah, thanks, guys. Stay safe, everyone. Stay in TFF.